0: Hi, I'm Alan.
1: And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six.
0: We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done.
1: Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way.
0: So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. everyone, welcome back to episode 13 of Parenting in Real Life. We hope everybody is doing well and enjoying their uh, their parenting lives, or their non-parenting lives. I know I have one friend, shout out Farron, who is not a parent, but listens faithfully to our podcast. So,
1: Thank you, to Farron. all of
0: you parents and non-parents out there, welcome back. We really like our real life parenting moment this uh, week. This happened to Alexis when she was out with the three youngest kids this week.
1: Yes, I was at Target with Chloe, Nathan, and Jack, and I was in the self-checkout line, and Nathan is a little bit of a challenge at the store because he wants to run around and doesn't want to be in the cart. So I buckled him in the cart because he wouldn't stay still, and I'm doing the self-checkout, and I walk out to the car, and I pick Jack up to put him in his car seat, and... I see that his sock is missing, and I felt so bad because it's, seriously, it was like negative two outside, like it really was, and his poor little foot was exposed, and I was like, where is his sock, and I'm looking around, and I don't see it, and there's no way he could have pulled it off because he was buckled in the cart, and so I look at Nathan, I'm like, did you pull Jack's sock off, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, well, where is it? I was hoping he like had it in his hand or something, but he didn't. He's you? like pointing back to the store. It's in there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so poor Jack. And we this is not our last errand. We like we, I still had another store to go to, and so I put Jack in his car seat and I put all the other kids in. And I just run back into the store real fast, looking around for this sock. I asked the lady at the checkout. She had seen it, and she hadn't. So it was probably somewhere in the store. And I didn't have time to go running around the store and all the kids were in the car. So I walked back out, and I'm like, okay, well, there's got to be something we can put on poor Jack's little foot. And so I'm looking in my purse to see if there's, and around his car seat to see if there's any extra socks. But I can't find anything. But I did find a pair of mittens so, well you know what this is just gonna have to work so i put a little mitten on jack's foot and it, had, it reminded me of curious george because it had the little thumb sticking out and if you've ever seen curious george in one of the winter episodes he wears gloves on his feet because you know he's a monkey because he's a monkey and so poor little Jack had a little one little monkey foot, <laughs> <laughs> his little thumb sticking out, and I was just like, "Oh!" Uh, and I'm sure nobody noticed, but it was awesome. <laughs> I took a picture of it and sent it to Alan. I'm like, "Oh, Jack's monkey feet."
0: <laughs> yep, we'll share it on our uh, Instagram account. It was pretty funny.
1: Our new Instagram account, which is P I R L Podcast, make sure you check that out because we have like three followers. So we'll yeah, build that up.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Also, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we now have a Patreon account, so you can become a supporting member of the Parenting in Real Life podcast, Um, and we don't want you to spend a bunch of money on us, but if you can donate a dollar a month, if you can get your kids to find a dollar a month of change in your couch, then you can support us. Our goal is to hit $25 uh, per month, and... Um, if, if you do that, then we can, um, one, keep this podcast going, but also that will be enough to let us start a website and we want to start creating some fun products. We have a lot of talent around us of people that can design cool stuff. And so we want to make some fun parenting memorabilia that people, people can buy. And there's all sorts of rewards for people that donate. Um, So if you donate a dollar a month, then we'll be launching bonus episodes that only subscribers will be able to hear. And if you donate more than that, then there's some other tiers that that you'll get even more special prizes. The biggest one is hand-drawn thank-you art from one of our kids every month. So if you want adorable hand-drawn art from one of our four talented children, (laughs) then become a, 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 a We Understand Each Other fan. You'll have to go to the website. The website is com slash pirl. So go there, become a member. We'd love it. So for this week, we read a fun article about boredom. Of course, the link's always in the show notes. It was a World Economic Forum. Being bored is good for children and adults. This is why. So basically, The uh, short of it is when you're bored, you have to use your imagination to stop being bored.
1: So she starts the article with talking about a study that was done in Canada where they were studying how much TV affects kids, you know, their testing skills and their imagination skills. And the different groups where kids either had four channels of TV, one channel, or no TV at all. And This was
0: in the 80s when they like literally had Four channels, one channel or no channels.
1: I know, I was thinking about it, like, there's thousands of channels now.
0: Yeah, they were (laughs) just rolling out TV in Canada, so they studied it.
1: And what they found was that the kids who didn't have any TV at all scored the best. That their...
0: Critical thinking and imagination.
1: Yeah, scored better. And the kids who either had one channel or four channels, um, their scores were lower. And I thought that was interesting that it didn't matter that some kids had more channels to watch that it, there was no difference between them and the kids who only had one channel. And once the kids with no TV started watching TV, um, then their scores started dropping as well and they dropped down to the other kids who had TV. So
0: mm-hmm. so we all know that TV is not great, but we all know that we're going to let our kids watch some TV. So um, <laughs> that's not what this is about. That's no. another episode. But what she was really getting at is the benefits of imagination. And that's, that's really the connection she's trying to make is that TV, and we know this, TV or technology, even more than TV now, it can be in your hand. It, it provides endless opportunities and things to do so that you never have to be bored. Um, and so you never need your imagination in theory. But what she found, or what she's studied, because she studies imagination, um, is that it it enriches personal experience. And one of the interesting connections that we both thought she made is that having a a good imagination is key to empathy. So if you want empathy or the ability to relate to somebody else, you have to be able to imagine yourself in their shoes, which is imagination. You know, it's not like imagination like I think of it the Barney type of imagination, but it's, (laughs) it's still imagination. So, you know, if, if kids today are less respectful or less understanding of each other or adults or whatever, it, this lack of imagination could be part of that problem. The other piece is that, um, in general, if you want to create change, if you want something to be different than it was, you have to be able to imagine it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. If you don't just want the status quo, then you need to be able to to have some sort of imagination. And so having all these devices and things can can limit that. So boredom can to some degree be the solution.
1: A quote that I liked from the article says, Sporting, musical, and other organized activities can certainly benefit a child's physical, cognitive, cultural, and social development. But children also need time to themselves to switch off from the bombardment of the outside world, to daydream, pursue their own thoughts and occupations, and discover personal interests and gifts. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how when we were kids and teenagers, and we would be waiting for doctor's appointments or for our parents to pick us up from sports practices, and we would have nothing to do. Like, we didn't have devices, we didn't have TV in our hands, we would just sit there and wait. You know, you remember just sitting and waiting, yeah. and especially like you know, after soccer practice, and my mom wasn't there yet, and you just kind of sit on the grass and wait to pick at the grass, you know? <laughs> yep. And our our kids will never experience that. And as an adult, I find that I don't experience that anymore because the first second that I sit down when I have to wait for a doctor's appointment, I whip out my phone and start scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I, it's almost awkward to sit and be doing nothing. Like it feels awkward.
0: It drives me crazy. (laughs) So I'm
1: like, I need to be doing something. I need to look at something, you know, and I pull out my phone. But that allows us, I mean, it takes away that boredom aspects so our minds can't wander anymore we're just yeah dully looking at things that aren't stimulating our brains
0: at least for me that that feeling of like feeling anxious when i don't have something to do isn't new um i think i've always had that like if i had to wait for somebody one i would get like anxious because i think they forgot me um, that's another story for another day. I um, was an
1: anxious child. So, <laughs> um,
0: but I would like do something if it was me and a group of friends waiting, like we would play a game or like kick a rock back and forth to each other. Like I, there's no way I could just sit there. So the feeling I don't think is new. What's new is that there's such an easy solution. Now I can whip out my phone and that feeling goes away. Whereas before I had to look around, I had to figure something out and I would find a solution, but I had to use my imagination to do it in most cases. Now you don't have to.
1: And that's kind of, I think the whole point of allowing your children that time to be bored is that they can come up with a game or, you know, start thinking of something, allowing them to be able to come up with something Mm -hmm. to take up that time.
0: Yeah. And depending on your kid, like, this could be, like, a total no-brainer, no big deal. Because if your kids are, like, our second and third kids, it isn't a big deal. Because you could just put them in a room with sticks, and they'd be happy for hours. Um, but if your kids are, like, our first child, <laughs> then you could be right there with us. Boredom can be the worst. Um, we have one daughter, Cami, who is really quite imaginative. She's a good artist and has a strong imagination. She just ha- she doesn't think that she is. And so if you say, Cammy, just go play up in your room for a few minutes, it shuts her down. Like, she just can't do it. And so, depending on your kid, the thought of being imaginative or coming up with your own thing to do can be really overwhelming. And so the tips that she gave, I thought really helped me think of how I could help Cammy. Embrace boredom.
1: Mm-hmm. This reminded me of a Daniel Tiger episode. I think we've mentioned him a few times, but big fans. Yeah, we really big like. fans.
0: <laughs> if I had a tattoo, that I don't, it would probably be Daniel probably Tiger. Daniel Tiger.
1: <laughs> uh, one of the episodes is about waiting and figuring out what to do when you're bored. And so the mom sings this song to Daniel, which I won't sing, but it says, "When you wait." You can play, sing, or imagine anything. And we'll put a link to... We found it on PBS. You can actually watch the little clip where she does that. So if you want to look at that for a reference. Um, But I really like that because, you know, they talk about how they're waiting at a restaurant and they're waiting for the trolley and they're bored. So what can we do? We can imagine, we can sing, we can come up with a game. There's lots of... And I like that the parents are helping the children. They're not just saying, well, figure it out. you know. They're saying, hey, let's do this, or let's figure something out together. And that, I think, helps the kids learn how to use their imaginations. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's really important to help kids shake this idea that they need to be entertained all the time. Um, but if, like I say, you have a Cami, then that can be really overwhelming for them. And it's hard, because even if you give them ideas, we can list a ton of games and things that Cami likes to do, But she just doesn't want to go do it by herself. One of the tips she gave is help them see it as an opportunity rather than a deficit. So when they say, oh, I'm bored, get excited about it and be like, yeah, you're bored. What do you want to do? You can do anything. You know, they are kids. They don't have obligations or anything they have to be doing. Help them see that that's awesome. You know, they've got the world and the time to go do whatever the heck they want. And so help them see that this is cool. This is fun.
1: Uh, And then if your child runs out of ideas, you can give them some kind of challenge to prompt them to use their imaginations. And we really like this one. And um, we thought, like, you know, for example, to have them create a game using their Barbies and their stuffed animals, you know, and then have them go do it. Or this summer, um, I had the kids go outside and pick out, you know, leaves and twigs and bark, whatever they could find, and we were going to make little um, nature pictures. And so I had them go out and collect things, come back, and then uh, make their own little creatures or pictures or whatever they wanted to do with that. So you can challenge them to to do the activity and then have them, watch them go and see what they come up with.
0: Yeah. So I I really, really like this. Because if you just tell Cammy, go play with your dolls, there's no way she could do that. Or she doesn't think she could. But if you give her a challenge, she's competitive enough that she'll go do it. The other thing that I think this is helpful for adults and kids is one of the most important things for creativity is constraints, which is kind of counterintuitive, Um, but some of the most creative solutions or ideas come when you impose a couple of constraints, and they can be artificial constraints, and so that's why I think that idea of go think of a game that involves X and Y toys, that really empowers them. (laughs) For example... Um, Me and my roommates, once, you know, we're just thinking around the apartment board, and we were just looking around at what we had. And somebody's girlfriend had sent them like an elastic y caterpillar that was probably a foot long, and we had close hampers. And so we created a game where you could stand on one end of the caterpillar and pull the other end and then launch it, and we would send it across the, the apartment. And depending on how it hooked on or went into the clothes hamper, you got different points. And so because we had those constraints of only having our apartment and a couple things laying around, we created this game that, you know, I should have trademarked before I just said it on my podcast because (laughs) it was epic. Everybody wanted to play this game. It was so fun and we got super good at it. Um, But it was because we had constraints. So give your kids some constraints if they push back when you just say, go play with your cars, say... You know, make me a story that involves your cars or something. Give them some, some limits that will help foster that first, you kind of seed the idea.
1: This is why I need Alan around during the day too. And I can't just be at home by myself during the the day because I really struggle with coming up with ideas. I always consider myself as someone who doesn't have a very good imagination and I usually say that out loud. and this is where Cammie got it. And so now Cammie always says that she doesn't have an imagination because I say it, which is proof that your kids listen to what you say, and then they turn it around and use it against you. <laughs> so Anyway, it's harder for me to come up with challenges for the kids to do because I'm like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know what to do myself. I don't know what to do for you. For me personally, it would be helpful to come up with these things in advance to like sit down and think about it because I won't be able to come up with it on the spot. And so that could totally be something that you do if you have like a list of five challenges that you always have um, that you thought up while the kids were in bed or whatever. That way you can pull those out when the kids are having – when they're saying they're bored or or stuff. you know.
0: If you tweet me and say I need a creative (laughs) challenge for my kids, I will tweet you back within 24 hours.
1: I will be tweeting you.
0: <laughs> Do it. You could probably just ask me. But
1: Well, when you're at school, I can text you. Tweet like, me. I need help. <laughs> Tweet it up. I find that our kids get the most bored in the wintertime. Um, being in Wisconsin, it is extremely cold outside. And actually, our kids, for some reason, this like last week, they keep asking to go outside. Like <laughs> Nathan's like, oh, can we go ride bikes? And I was like, no, it's freezing outside. <laughs> <laughs> and Chloe wanted to go blow bubbles and they both asked to go to the park. And I'm like, we've been outside. Haven't you felt how cold it is? Like, we can't go to the park. Like, it's covered in ice and it's freezing. No, that's not okay.
0: We're just getting started.
1: <laughs> and so um, the winter, I think, is the hardest time to uh, for kids to... Come up with things to do. I, they think just get bored because they're inside more. So this is a good time, I guess, to teach them how to use their imaginations.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. So to wrap up, it's important to embrace boredom in your kids. I know for those of you with kids like Cammy, it can be like traumatizing to hear your kids say they're bored. Cause you know, like here, here we go for the next, however long I'm going to be battling with this child to try and get them to do something for more than two minutes. But you need to start by changing your own mindset that when they say they're bored, you need to feel like, Oh, this is great. We can do something really fun here. Or you can help the child, your child embrace that time. And then one of the, some of the tips she gave for doing that is, To make it a challenge. Give them some sort of challenge. Um, uh, For me, it's just easy to like just do X and Y. So combine two of your toys in unusual ways and see what happens. Or create a game with one of your toys. Or write a story or something. And if that's not your forte, tweet it up.
1: (laughs) Ask Alan. He'll help you.
0: (laughs) I will be your creativity block relief.
1: So our social media question for this podcast then is, what's your favorite boredom fighter activity? When your kids say they're bored, what do you like to have them do to help them use their imagination or um, to help them be creative in in some way?
0: And we'll share our favorites on a future podcast so that we can all uh, learn from each other and... Create a list for our rainy days or snowy winters mm-hmm. to learn from each other so that we have a longer list of things to say when our kids say, I'm bored.
1: And don't forget, we have a new Instagram account, um, P I R L podcast. So find us there. The question will be there. Also, um, fun pictures of our parenting moments when we have them. So,
0: yeah, buddy. And when you're tweeting me, you can tweet me at Alan T. Tanner.
1: And I'm at Alexis Tanner 1.
0: But don't ask her for creative ideas.
1: No, I I won't be able to give them to you. There she goes again.
0: <laughs> she thinks she's not creative.
1: I'm not creative. I I'm have zero imagination. I'm a copycat. I like to... Don't. Don't. Find other this people's isn't ideas. use them. <laughs> anyway, you can also find me at my blog, learningsweco.org, or you can email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com.
0: And find us on Patreon. Become a member. slash PIRL. Or there's always the link in our Instagram profile. And subscribe wherever you get our podcast, and give us a rating. We need those ratings so that other people can see us, besides our moms. And a special thanks to our four kids for being kids. Did you know you're sitting right where Nathan peed today? Uh. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) I did a good job of cleaning it up.
1: It doesn't feel wet, so.
0: I'm pretty good.